Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, get ready. Eight teams standing, two party crashers, of course, the Jags and Giants, as we welcome you in Divisional Weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm guessing you're ready, my man. Here we go. This is the best weekend of the year. How are we feeling? Yeah, I am ready. It's exciting. Yes, I think it will be the best weekend of the year. And we got a lot of good games, and I, I think uh, we'll, we'll be able to to understand more as we go into the next weekend, which is the greatest. To me, the final four weekend is the best, and then, you know, we get then we get the Super Bowl. So we're on our way, Patrick. I'm excited about it. Well, hopefully we can stick to football today. It's going to be tough coming up in about 29 minutes. Howard Eskin, a Philly radio legend, is going to join us, yeah. and we're going to try to yeah. keep the conversation up. My assumption is we're going to get to Joel Embiid at some point during the conversation. Well, I think, I think let me just say this for the record. I think there are two people in the world that are objective about it, and it's Howard and I. So, you know, just you might want to wear a helmet during this segment. <laughs> you might want to cover up. Uh, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll let it out there. I mean, look, they're playing well now. I don't know how anybody could complain about it. They, they, they won in Portland, which they typically don't do all the time. They beat the two Los Angeles teams, which they typically don't do on their court. So, you know, it, it, it is it is trending in the right direction. So it'll be anxious to see what Howard has to say, not only about that, but we know Howard also is the sideline reporter for the Eagles. So we'll get some yep. insight into the Philadelphia mindset because, you know, it's funny. I was doing Russo yesterday, and, and Russo, he's just self-proclaimed himself a Philadelphia f- expert because he worked in the market, so he knows Philly fans perfectly, which, you know, I'm not sure you need to stay here more than six months to really understand the Philadelphia fans. But he made a great point yesterday. He said, hey, if this game's close at halftime or into the third quarter, those fans liable to turn. They're expecting a route. And if you don't, if you don't give them a route early, they're going to be upset. What's the mindset right now? Of course, the first one up today, Jacksonville, Kansas City. We'll get to that. A couple of shops have moved up to nine and a half, as we discussed before the show. But the Giants in Philly right now, most shops showing seven and a half. There's two questions coming in. The mindset, we'll follow up there with the fans. And then also the health of Hertz. Are we good now? Where do we stand with Hertz? Well, I mean, they say he's good, right? And so you take their word for it. It's the same thing with Lane Johnson. I mean, here's a guy they say is good to go, but Three weeks ago, he needed surgery. Those two things usually don't go hand in hand. There's a propensity to get re-injured again. So that's something to monitor tonight, how he holds up. Look, the last time they played, 
the the giant defensive front, which is not I would not call a stellar front. It's the strength of the Giants' defense, but I wouldn't say it's an elite front. They gave the Eagles' offensive line some trouble. And Kelsey has a great ability to understand what Martindale's trying to do, and he can reroute the protection. After the game, it's always interesting. You can really learn a lot about the respect that people have for one another. Kelsey and Martindale will have a conversation after the game about who got one another. Like, I thought I got you, I thought I got you. No, no, you got this. And there's kind of that mutual respect that you see. It happens usually after they after they play like Aaron Rodgers will you'll watch Aaron Rodgers go to a certain coach and kind of have a kind of an exchange because yeah. of the respect that he had preparing for the game it's the same thing that I think Kelsey does as well okay Michael well plenty to do we'll get yep. to the Giants in Philly coming up in just a little bit also joining us today Pat Leonard who's been great on the show he covers the Giants for the New York Daily News he will join Carl Johnson of course in his customary Saturday spot, is going to join as well. Thomas Gable, who just sent over his college basketball plays for VEASAN pros. But let's get started in Kansas City, where it's going to be 37 degrees. Okay, so snow showers, not necessarily showers, but potentially a mix of snow and rain. It's going to be light. shouldn't really impact the game. This number opened 8.5. It's been bet up to 9.5. Here comes Jacksonville. They've won six straight in Kansas City. They've won 10 of 11, of course. Yeah, I mean, look, we uh, I think there's a couple ways to look at this betting line that's moving in that direction. For, so we talked about a pre-show, right? That that this is all about this is all about the the protection that's needed in the in the in the teaser market, which has become so popular. So for fans at home, if you do a two-game teaser, you get six points, and you can move Correct. the line one way or the other in either direction, depending on what you do. You know, a lot of people they believe Kansas City is going to win. So they take the line down. But at nine, you're only taking it down to three. So you're still into that field goal range, right? And and so, but if it's at eight and a half, you take it down. Now you're at two and a half. You're protected on key numbers. And I think that's ultimately what this, this line is moving in that direction because I think more people are betting Jacksonville with the points. But, you know, in the last seven games, you know, when Jacksonville is, they're 4-0-1 ATS against teams with a winning record. So they, they have done a good job of covering the spread. And if you watch the first game, you know, it was a 10-point game. It could have been a cover for Jacksonville. I'm not saying they could have won the game because Kansas City has that ability to take it up another gear. However, that being said, I think Jacksonville probably played a C-minus game, and it was a 10-point game. Yeah, you know, and good job with the teaser explanation. Again, when talking teases, we're talking standard teases of six points. So again, Michael just nailed it. When this opened eight and a half, everybody jumped on Kansas City down to two and a half, and then they coupled it with Philly down from seven and a half to one and a half. Once we get to nine, teaser protection, you're not going through three, and certainly nine and a half brings it down to three and a half if you're teasing Kansas City. Michael Jacksonville comes into this off the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history. Remember, they were down 27 nothing. They lost the turnovers five to nothing. Just incredible. By the way, they won the turnovers three to nothing earlier this year when they lost by 10 at Kansas City. So interesting symmetry there or lack of symmetry there with the turnover battles. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that that's what made the game. But but again, as I keep harping on, and I don't know why this doesn't pick up more steam, missed field goals are turnovers. So when you look at this game and you say, well, you know, Kansas City was minus three and won the game, they really weren't. They were minus one because Jacksonville missed two field goals. So that's really kind of even the game a little bit, right? I mean, the game could have been 20 to 13 at the half. It was 20 to seven at the half. I mean, the first six drives of the game, the first six drives of the last game, Jacksonville goes for an onside kick. They get it. They go basically five and out. They go four and out, five and out, and they punt. And then they punt, a punt, punt. Then they miss a field goal before halftime. I mean, and then they score on the final drive of halftime. So they had six possessions away. You come away empty, and you only lose by ten. You can't afford to do that. I think, I think knowing the way Peterson's operating, knowing his mindset watching the tape of that game, he understood the possessions were critical. So I think you're going to see four down. I think he's going to go for it. I think he's going to be very aggressive in this game, which could lend itself to him being in the game in the fourth quarter, or it could lend itself to the Chiefs having a big lead in the fourth. 
Jacksonville had eight outright wins. That's the most underdog wins in a single season in the Super Bowl era. You just mentioned Doug Peterson. He's 6-0 ATS, 5-1 outright as a playoff dog, which is an outlier to say the least. Let's go to the Chiefs, though, quickly here. The Chiefs, that's 10 straight seasons over 500. One title in those 10 years, of course. They're looking to advance to their fifth straight conference championship game. Remarkable. We've talked about, it's really remarkable. And we talked about I Reed, mean, people 20- don't understand it. People don't understand. The measure of an organization, really, to me, is getting to the conference championship game. You know, we all focus on the Super Bowl, but to me, your career is measured by how many conference championship games you get to. The Final Four, right? Because something could happen in, a, in the game that the other team wins that maybe you're not. Like, when we played Denver in a conference championship game in Denver, you know, we, we we had a chance to win the game. We didn't. Was Denver the better team? They went on they went on to win the Super Bowl that year because of their great defense and Von Miller and Peyton managing the game. But, you know, I think if we played that game at home, we probably we were the better team. But I think that's the mark of it. You get to the Final Four, that's it. And Kansas City with Andy Reid. I mean, look, this is Raiderish, right? I mean, one of the things that I marveled about was a little kid growing up about the Raiders was how many conference championships they got to and they didn't break through. I mean, Andy Reid in Philadelphia, a lot of conference championship games couldn't break through. I mean, the guy has a great ability to get his team to the Final Four. Okay, Andy Reid, 28-6 and six straight up, off a bye, 21-13. and 13. By the way, at home, Andy Reid, after a bye, 18-2 and two straight up, 12-8 and eight ATS. Let's go ahead and do this. We've got plenty of guests, so we'll get the Lombardi lineup here and juxtapose it to the market. The number... Right now has jumped up to nine, nine and a half at most shops with Kansas City Lane. What's the Lombardi line here? Yeah, I, I, I had this as a, I had this as a very close. I had this as a four point four nine game. I think I did. Yeah, I had it at four point four seven. Patrick, I think it's a lot closer game than than people think. Only because, you know, the 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 area where you can't really put into the number is Trevor Lawrence. Right? How will he play today? How will he handle the pressure? Spagnola will come with a lot of pressure. How will he handle the, 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 the ability to make throws when it's critical that he has to make a throw? So I, I think ultimately that's going to be the key. If, if Lawrence elevates his play and really takes it to another level, and I'm not talking about the first half of the last game, but I'm talking about the way he played against Tennessee, the way he played against Dallas. If he plays like that, they'll be in this game. Now, will they win? I don't think so because I think the, you know, the Chiefs are going to have the ball last, and I think that Mahomes is really good in these situations. But to me, that's going to be the key to the game. Can he stay? Can he play at that level he needs to play at? And take a look at the total. It's interesting. Uh, at home this year, Kansas City 6-2 and two to the under, Michael. That total right now is sitting 53 at most shops. I mentioned it's going to be cold. Maybe not much of an impact from the weather if you can deal with 37 degrees. But uh, Kansas City, an under team. Again, they don't cover. It's interesting. They're an right. under team and don't cover at home. That, that's the misconception about Kansas City is everybody thinks they're the, the greatest show on turf. But with Pacheco running the ball, they kind of eat some clock. And the unders more in play. The last, uh, I think, the, since their bye week, they've only scored 30 points three times. They've only scored in the 30. They've 34 and under. This game is going to be somewhere in the 20s, both teams. To get the over, it's going to have to get to the 30s, I think. Jacksonville and the Giants preseason 150-1 to to win the Super Bowl, which is wild. They're in the divisional round. Okay, so you heard the number as far as the Lombardi line. A little bit of wiggle there for Jacksonville. Plenty more on Kansas City Jacksville coming up, though. We'll shift. We'll go Giants, Philly next here at Lombardi Line Divisional Weekend. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the divisional round. Of course, it's the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a good start to your weekend. It's going to be fun. You got a doubleheader today, Michael Lombardi. You got a doubleheader tomorrow. How about this? This is the first time since 1997 that three teams from the same division have made it to mm. the divisional round of the postseason. <laughs> of course, the Giants, Philly, and your boys, the Dallas Cowboys, the home of the How Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys. Of course, is VSIN. How about them, Cowboys? Okay, so let's get hey. into this. Go ahead, please. You know, it's funny. We used to call it the NFC least. I, I'm not sure it's because it's a good division, that, that there are three really good teams. I think Dallas is a really good team, and I think Philly's a really good team. I think the Giants are a really well-coached team that have maximized the schedule and have maximized their talent level, and that happens every year. There's always a team that, that gets into this that has that, that schedule that they can – they take advantage of, and the Giants certainly did. And now, you know, now that you're in winner goal, you know, you won in a single elimination tournament, all it takes is playing your best on that day. Yeah, and the NFC East is currently 29-16-1 ATS versus non-divisional opponents, so they've been awesome in this spot. Well, not necessarily this spot, of course, with Philly and the Giants. And by the way, the Giants were also 150-1 to in the preseason to win the Super Bowl, so just a great job by Dayball. I'll set you up on the number, and we'll get into this cap. We've got Howard Eskin joining about uh, 10 and a half minutes here. Let's go Giants-Philly, number right now sitting 7.5 and, and a total of 48. Yeah, my number for this game was seven three one, and I think that you you got to you have to kind of break this down. So they played twice already this year. The last game of the season didn't matter. They started Davis Webb. It mattered for Philly, but Hurts they didn't run Hurts in that game, so they weren't as concerned about Hurts making an impact. I think they tried to 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 just win the game as easily as they could. They got the lead, and then they kind of put the they put it away and and they didn't really want to you know they didn't want to get anybody else hurt so I think you got to take that with a grain of salt that game the game in the Meadowlands was the interesting game because that game got away from the Giants that was a game that the Giants really didn't play well they probably played their worst game of the season you know and they weren't able to they, they got behind which they can't do and once they got behind, they fell further behind, and they had too many missed mistakes. I mean, they 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 drop kick a punt. The next play, touchdown. They gave up a 31-yard touchdown pass, a 44-yard touchdown pass, and when they went into halftime behind 24 to seven, you know that game was over, and and they couldn't really slow down Philly. I mean. Philly had 31 carries for 253 yards. Miles Sanders was the difference in the game. Hertz only carried it seven times, but he averaged 11 yards a carry and scored a touchdown. So this is a matchup that's challenging. Now, here's the reality. In that game, Leonard Williams didn't play. Adoree Jackson didn't play. They didn't have Jared Davis on their roster at this point. So they are a little better defensively. 
And so I think with, if you're Wink Martindale, you've got to be able to have enough speed on the field to handle the and set the edge inside out. It's a challenging game for them. They're just not good enough, but they're playing their best football right now with Thibodeau, Leonard Williams now back in the defensive line, Dexter Lawrence. They, they really give Philly's front some trouble. And yeah. early in this game, we're going to find out if Hurts is healthy because they're going to run them early. They're going to run them early in the game, and they're going to show the Giants, hey, we're not worried about his health. He's going to play. And they're going to be in their six-pack offense. And I think that's ultimately – the Giants have to control the football. I mean, that's what they have to do. They have to play this game like Washington played it on Monday night. They've got to have it 37 minutes and hope the Eagles t- – and get a couple turnovers, get a couple extra possessions, and play great in the red zone. Both teams want to run it, Michael. The Giants and Eagles have the two best rush offenses left in the postseason, and we're both top five in the regular season. So as you mentioned, you know, this is, again, familiarity abound. Uh, third meeting between these two teams over the past seven weeks. Week 14, Philly won 48-22, as you perfectly laid out there. They covered as a seven-point road favorite. But then in week 18, Philly 22-16 won but did not cover. Remember, that was a 17-point number because Giants sat everybody. Yeah, and I don't know what that game means because I think sometimes in those games, you know, the other team is just trying to get through the game to get healthy to get that bye, and once they got the lead in that game, they took it over. But this, that being said, the Eagles have 70 sacks this year. 60 of them come from the defensive front. This game is going to require the giant defensive front to play really well, offensive line to play really well. I mean, Daniel Jones, they got sacked seven times in the game. When they brought Tyrod Taylor off the bench, he got sacked three times. So they have to protect here. They have to protect. I mean, they have to be able – they ran the ball the first game. They ran the ball really well in the first game. The problem was they got behind. You know, they had that Eagles second quarter, which we know has been the strength of the Eagles offense all year, is get that lead in the second quarter. And they go in a halftime up 24-7. They can't do that. They have to be able to stay attached. And the longer they stay attached – the more worry is going to creep into the Philadelphia mindset. And, and can they pull this out? Because as we've said all year, you know, they haven't really been in one of those kind of games. I mean, I know they played Indianapolis. That was a close game. They won it early in the year. They played Arizona in a close game. They won on the final drive. But now we're talking about playoffs. We're talking about that this is it. Winner, go home. Loser, go home. And I think that if they can keep this game close into the fourth, that's been the Giants' mantra all season. We talked about Daniel Jones. He's excelled on the road as an underdog in his career. On the road, 18-7 and seven ATS as a dog, 27-15 and 15 ATS. So question for you about Jones. What we saw last week, and again, Minnesota and Philly are a different animal on defense, but what we saw last week, do you expect that same type of game plan and performance from Jones to carry over? Yeah, I think we're definitely getting a six. I think this, is, we will, this game will be the six-back a game. Both teams will run the six-back offense. Because Daniel Jones, he had six carries in the last game, you know, and, and he was and he was able to make plays in that game. I know he only had four carries. I'm sorry, uh, you know, and and but they they ran him on a couple of those the RPO games. I think he's got to run it in this game. I mean, I think he definitely has to run it. Remember now, Daniel Jones carried the ball 120 times this year for 708 yards. Like I think people lose sight of that. You know, and, and and per game he averaged 44.3, and he and he had seven and a half carries a game. So he's part of their offense, and he's got to be a huge part of their offense today as they try to manipulate this eagle because they're going to get zoned. The eagles are going to play a lot of form. They're going to rush four. They're going to play their zone. They're going to play their two. They're going to play their their, their weak safety role. All those things that they like to do. If the eagles try to, if the eagles think they can play man to man and win against the receivers. I think it gives it, it plays into the Giants' hands because even though the Giants don't have great receivers, I think the Eagles' corners are a liability in man-to-man. The Giants have been a great story overall, but the Giants have been an amazing story for betters, Michael. The Giants are 11-2 ATS as a dog. That's the most ATS covers as an underdog by any team in the Super Bowl era, including the postseason. Also, New York, 8-1 ATS on the road this season with five straight covers. I mean, it's remarkable what Dayball's done with this team because the talent yeah. disparity with the Giants and Philly today is is big. There's a big chasm there. Yeah, I, I think to me what he's what, what what Dayball has done since the first week against Tennessee until this weekend is he's played the game. Every game he's played, he's played like a playoff game. He slowed the game down. 
He's tried to run the ball. His goal has been to get the game into the fourth quarter. His team has been very good situationally. They're fifth-best team in the league on third-down defense. They're the fifth-best team in red zone defense. So he's tried to slow the game down as much as possible. And by doing that, he's been able to keep himself in it, and he's watched the other team lose the game. He's watched the other team kind of self-destruct. And that's been huge. You know, that's been huge. He's he's had, you know, multiple games where they don't turn the ball over and they don't really create a lot of turnovers on defense. So, you know, they've been able to stay within the game, within the framework, and get that game into the fourth quarter and then see what happens. And he's done a great job. And Daniel Jones, they don't extend them. They're not going to say to Daniel Jones, We're, we want you to throw it 50 times today. They're never doing that. They're not going to do what Mike McDaniel did, go into Buffalo with, with a third-string quarterback and throw it 45 times. They're going to run it, they're going to slow the game down, and they're going to try to make this a fourth-quarter game and see what happens. There you go. Okay, Michael, so this number opened with Philly 7, 7.5 at most shops. It's sitting 7.5. Let's reiterate the Lombardi line for Giants-Eagles. 7-3-1. You know what's funny, though, Patrick? So the Giants go out to Seattle before their bye week. The Giants beat Jacksonville in one of those kind of classic Giants games. Now, they threw the ball in that game, but they ran it really well in that game. Then they go out to Seattle. They're 6-1 going out to Seattle, and they Seattle just, you know, they, they, they didn't have it. Their special teams, they fumbled twice with the punt return game. And then they come off the bye week. And after the bye week, if I were to say to you, in those nine games after the bye, how many wins they had? They only had three. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that's interesting. They're trending in the wrong way, but yet because they beat Minnesota and they played Philly so cl- they're trending in the right way, right? So they, they beat Houston barely off the bye. Houston had the ball in the second half. They never punted. They had it in the red zone. They come back. They lose to Detroit, lose to Dallas. They tie Washington. They get killed by Philly. They beat Washington down there. They lose a tough one to Minnesota. And then they lose the last game of the year. They beat the Colts. And then they, you know, so that since the bye, they haven't played great. But for some reason, one playoff win creates tremendous momentum. You know, so much has been made of Dayball and Kafka on the offensive side, but just all around. What Martindale's done with his defense is incredible. Uh, it, it, it's really, there's five teams that need a head coach right now. And it just shows you the importance of making that right hire. Because look at the Giants. Yeah, I, I, Look at look at look at the Bengals with Lou Amaromo. He deserves one too. From desperation to the divisional round for the New York Football Giants. Put your seatbelt in, buckle up. Radio legend Howard Eskin joins us next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I'll do this quick. We got to get to Lombardi and Eskin. $9.99 right now, introductory offer. You can become a VEASAN pro. You get everything we offer. We're not going to do it again, so sign up now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Of course, WIP in Philly, the sports radio legend in Philly. Howard Eskin joins us here on the Lombardi line. Fox 29, he's going to be on the sideline for a divisional playoff game today in Philly. But what was the off-air conversation about? It was about Tobias freaking Harris and Daryl no, Morey. It wasn't as all we about say Morris, <laughs> We covered <laughs> Howard, thank you for being here. You're, you know, every time I see you, I feel like, you know, I have somebody who sees it the same way I do. I appreciate you. Thank you, Howard. Uh, it's my pleasure. No, the... The bigger stiff is Father Time. I mean James Harden. But let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shall. The Philadelphia. Look, look out for a podcast with Lombardi and Askin about the 76ers. That's what I'll say here. Okay, surprised with the year from the Eagles. Let's just start with an overview on the Eagles, Howard. Uh, they're a good football team, uh, and now other than Avante Maddox, everybody is back, uh, and I'll say healthy. Lane Johnson, I. Concern myself with a little bit, although watching him in practice as little as we get to see in practice because they don't let us see that much. He looked like he was moving okay. He says he's okay. I didn't see any discomfort. Uh, and you just want to make sure if he stays uh, physically good enough, you know, that, then that's, that doesn't hurt the offensive line. Avante Maddox is missed, but when C.J. Gardner-Johnson came back, that kind of helped in that regard. And, and Jalen Hurts, despite all this social media nonsense, it's not social and it's not media, but despite all that, he's fine. 
now he still has to have a good game, whether he's healthy or not. He still has to end no turnovers. But they're a good football team. Their offensive line's intact. Uh, wide receivers obviously are good. Dallas Goddard's now got some games under his belt after his injury. Uh, and defensively, obviously, they rush the passer really well, and they don't have to blitz that much. They're a good football team. The Giants are better, I know that, but they're just a better football team. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I think that's right, Howard. I think they are the better football team. But I want to ask you about Hurts. I mean, what's your sense of how much will will they run their six-back offense today or will they try to rely on Miles Sanders as he did in the game up in the Meadowlands where he dominated and they ran as a team for 230-some yards? Okay, now let me just put some perspective to that. They threw, in that Giants game, the Eagles threw 24 passes in the first half. 17 for 24, I believe, was the number. They got a big lead, and then they started to run the footballs. What you do, eat up the clock, you have a lead. So that's where they got most of those yards in that first Giants game rushing the football was after they had the big lead, after they got the lead by passing the football. You need, I think you need to pass the score, and obviously you need to score to win. So will they run Jalen Hurts and use some more RPOs? Yes, I think they will. And here's why. They didn't score in the red zone the last game, but they knew they were going to win the game. The Giants didn't play anybody, and I get all that. And the reality is, if you kind of project it ahead, the Giants knew that they, if they beat Minnesota, and Minnesota is the biggest fraud of a 13-win team I've ever seen, and I thought they would win all along. They beat them. The Eagles knew that that could happen. And why do you put out your plays when you know you're going to win the game against mostly backups? So I think that was misleading. They tried to protect them physically and didn't want to give up any of the plays. I think you're going to see more of the RPOs tonight. You're going to run the football, but you've got to pass the football to score. And if they get in the mid-20s, they beat the Giants. And that's, uh, I think that's what you've got to look at. Yeah, will they run Miles Sanders? I'm sure they will, but... Uh, I think you're going to see more passes and more RPOs than you obviously saw uh, in the last game, which really was kind of irrelevant. Howard Eskin, radio legend there in Philly, WIP Fox 29. He's going to be at the game tonight. Seven and a half is the number. You know how prevalent it's become, Howard, to talk about the number. Seven and a half is the number with Philly laying it. Thoughts on that? My thoughts are it came out immediately at seven and a half after the Giants and those New York people were all excited. Oh, the Giants, the Giants are hot, hot. They, they went seven and two and then won three games the second half of the season. So how hot are they? They beat a bad Minnesota team. Uh, the number tells you something. It's not called gambling if it wasn't gambling. I'd lay the number only because it looks too easy to take the seven and a half. And I... There's numbers that go both ways. Teams that play two straight road games in the playoffs are 10 and 37 since 1990. Does that mean anything? I don't know, but it's hard to play on the road continually, and the Giants are playing their third straight road game. If the Eagles don't turn the ball over, they don't lose the game, and they cover. So I would hesitantly, I don't like laying over a touchdown, but I would lay the seven and a half uh, reluctantly. I, this, the second week, you almost got to look at all the favorites. After last week, I kind of looked at most of the underdogs. So that's, that's kind of the way I've looked at it. And it's kind of played out that way over time of the history. That's why, that's why it's important to get a bye. And that's why the Eagles get a bye and Kansas City got a bye, uh, uh, obviously. And I, I like both those teams. Howard, uh, Jonathan Gannon, you know, he's up for some head coaching interviews, but when you really break them down, you know, when he plays his zone, teams complete a lot of passes. Last year and against six really good quarterbacks, uh, you know, Dak twice and all, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, all guys that can throw the football, there was only 36 incomplete passes in the game. Do you think he's going to try to play more man today, or do you think he's going to let Daniel Jones have some easy throws and rely on his rush? You know, a lot of times defensive and good defensive coaches have done this. They've kind of just make sure they don't get in the end zone. So you kind of, it's a little soft getting there. He's not going to blitz as much. He blitzes occasionally, and the people in Philadelphia always want him to blitz, 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 blitz. But they get, they get so much pressure from those four, uh, four defensive linemen. 
I think he's going to do things a little bit differently than he did. And I think man would be a good idea. And he's a smart guy, even though people in Philadelphia rip him. He's a smart guy. Uh, he knows what he's got to do. And he saw what happened last week. Those passes for him last week were just too easy against Minnesota. So, I, Mike, I do think there's probably going to be uh, a little more man uh, than he's played in the past, just so he doesn't have those easy throws. You want him to throw the ball, but you want him to throw the ball into coverage, not into open receivers. Sounds like you, you, you like the number, Kansas City Lane, nine, nine and a half, Howard. However, Jacksonville, a guy you covered, Doug Peterson, you surprised to see him in the divisional round year one with Jacksonville? Uh, no, uh, I'm not because he's got a quarterback. A <laughs> quarterback is so important. And Trevor Lawrence, certain coaches help quarterbacks. And I don't know, I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. I think Mike Kafka has really helped Daniel Jones. And I don't know who they are, but once Trevor, Trevor Lawrence took a step forward, that made it better. I didn't think they'd come back from 27-0. I can't believe that Staley still has a <laughs> that head coach still has a job with the Chargers after that mess. You know, and you're really kind of lost in the shuffle. When he scored that last touchdown of the first half to make it 27, 27 is not a good number. Why doesn't he go for two? That's another thing, but you got to think ahead for that because 27, because they're still going to have to try to score touchdowns, uh, Jacksonville, to win, and four sevens is 28 last time I checked. So uh, why did he only go for one? He made so many mistakes. I didn't expect Jacksonville would come back, but I'm happy they did. But I think the end, the end is coming, and I think it become, could be coming in a big a big win for Kansas City. Kansas City doesn't cover the number a lot this year. They haven't, but I like them against the number here. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a hard. They played it. They played the, uh, a great way, but I, you know, this Mahomes, this red zone production, and look, Andy, as you know, Andy Reid. I mean, in these situations, I mean, he he can't take his foot off the gas because of what happened last week. Uh, and well, he, we did. And I I don't think he will. Go ahead, Howard. Go ahead, Howard. No, I don't well, think he will. We took a lesson from today, Michael Lombardi. It's not social, and it's not media. That's for the kids. And by the way, Howard, can you show us the ring you're wearing? Is that a Super Bowl ring that you're wearing today? Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, and He's part I of the get team. Killed, uh, well, uh, yeah, I get killed in Philadelphia. Broadcast, I'm part of the broadcast team. I'm the sideline reporter. I get killed. Well, why did he get a Super Bowl ring? Every team that wins a championship always gets rings for their broadcast team. Our producer of the Eagles broadcast also got a ring. So I get killed, and you know, when I'm here uh, at the Borgata, I, I wear it because people kind of like to see it. So, you know, hopefully there's another one, and I, I don't have the right to get one, but uh, I would imagine that they would do the same thing again. So, yeah, it is a Super Bowl ring. Well, it's you don't the have only to justify it. You won't get an NBA. You and I will not get a 76er ring. Let's just close on that. That will never happen <laughs> in my lifetime. Two things won't happen. I won't find out who killed JFK, and the Sixers won't win a title. That I know. Uh, correct and correct. <laughs> yes. Howard Eskin and Michael Lombardi, look out for the collaboration, the 76ers podcast on the way, of course, WIP. He's a legend. It was an honor. We didn't honor. even Thank talk you, about Howard. Doc Rivers. Can you imagine that? We didn't even hit Doc Rivers yet. Oh, Wait my God. Glenn Rivers. Well, you can find him on the golf course. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game today. If all the legs of the parlay hit except one, you're going to get your stake back and free bets up to 25 bucks. It's a great deal from the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. Check it out. The one-game parlay wager, 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit BetMGM.com for more terms and conditions. So again, as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. Thank you again to Howard Eskin for joining us. From one legend to another, we head to the bayou and say hi to Carl Johnson. He runs the race and sports book down at the Beau Rivage. And we should start with a very happy birthday to Mrs. Jick Jack. Of course, your mom <laughs> turns 85 today. Happy birthday. 85 today. Yeah, you know, and you know, she's gotten into this gambling here in the last few years. So she she had asked me the other day, she said, Hey, what's my total? I said, What do you mean? She said, What's my over under? I said, Well, let's set it at a hundred. She goes, All right. She said, I want twenty bucks on the over. All right, <laughs> That's good wonderful. for her. God bless her. Yeah. That is wonderful, Carl. You you and I were discussing during the break. A crazy day at the bow. I mean, you you mentioned it's gonna. We're gonna to talk to Thomas Gable with the Giants in Philly. That's gonna be nuts. But already busy there down at the Bow Ravage. How's the action been on these early games? Yeah, real good. Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to be at Brigada watching that Giants Phillies uh, uh, crowd. But uh, yeah, we got a crowd of our own. Uh, the the handle's been extremely well all year, really, uh, and for these playoffs. And we got a lot going on today. We got a lot of college baskets. Uh, these football games, uh, UFC tonight, so it's a big day for us and everybody throughout the country. Yeah, I mean it's and, and then what, all these college games, you know what's going on, and and so when you have college basketball, what is the what is the number one college? I mean, obviously Alabama's having a great year, but what is the your shop's favorite college team? Is it LSU? Is it Alabama? What is it? Yeah, it's it's the SEC in general, Mike. Uh, you know, they, they just, these people down here love the SEC. It's a, it's a majority SEC crowd. So, uh, and right now they're really on Alabama, you know, because Alabama's playing so well. So, uh, yeah, they stick to the local teams pretty much. Okay, let's dig into the divisional round. Are they laying it with Kansas City? And what's the numbers at nine, nine and a half? Let's start there, Jick Jack. Yeah, opened here eight and 51 and a half. Uh, we're at nine right now, 53. Um, yeah, so they are laying it. They're they're taking the Chiefs. We're getting about seventy uh, percent of the money, and about uh, 56 percent of the ticket count uh, is on is on the Chiefs right now. This is also a heavily teased game. Uh, they've got it. Uh, they've got them teased up with the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, they went up with the Eagles. So basically, they they took uh, the, they took the. You mean they took the Giants up, or they took the Eagles down, or they? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they got them with the Eagles. They took the Eagles down. So we're looking at a got lot it. of Chiefs, okay. Chiefs down and Eagles down. Yeah, and so where do you think your number will close today on, on both these games? 
you, you know, I think once we get to around kickoff, I think we'll probably close. And it's just 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 a guess, but uh, I think we I think we're going to get some late Jaguar money here. Uh, you know, that's uh, the Chiefs have a little hard time tr uh, covering. Uh, the public is a little bit more educated now. Uh, we got a lot of Jaguar fans in, so I think we'll see some Jaguar money. I think we'll close around eight and a half, Mike. Okay, so they're laying a big Jick Jack Johnson joining us here on the Lombardi line. So they're laying a big price at Arrowhead. Are they laying the number at Philly? I've got seven and a half. Where'd you open? Where are you sitting? Yeah, so for us, we opened seven and a half forty-eight. Uh, we're at seven and a half forty-eight. Uh, it's been stale all week. Uh, the Sharps hit this game. They took the Giants uh, plus seven and a half early on, uh, and it stayed there. Uh, for us, uh, they're betting us the Giants. Uh, looks like 68% of the money, 70% ticket count is on that Giants, and the line is staying stale. And, you know, uh, and it just for me, uh, you know, I think this game here is going to be won or lost on the front lines. I mean, the Eagles could, could definitely cover this spread if the Giants can't contain that Eagles running game, I think. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, it's a tough game. I like the seven and a half here. I, I was really interested when I seen that hook, and it, it, you know, it stayed there all week. Yeah, I mean, this is what's strange about this game is there's so much. Are you getting a lot of two-way action on this game, How uh, on this one, Jick-Jack? Because it seems like – you know, everybody's betting the Giants, but the number's not moving off a seven and a half. Yeah, you, you know, and, and one of the things that uh, we're, we're actually we're getting more Giants money than anything. But one of the things that I thought about my number on this game and look, I know my numbers are off sometimes is just an opinion. But uh, my number on this game was Eagles four and a half. And the more you know, we had projected this game to be heavily teased with the Kansas City game. Uh, so and if you stop and think about it. If they would have, if we would have laid my, if we would have hung my number at four and a half, this thing would have been teased down. You would have been actually getting eagles at like plus one and a half, plus two, um, and yeah. I don't think the books would want that. So I think that's why there's a little tax on this line at seven and a half, just just for those uh, teasers. Yeah, I, 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 I've been saying that. Patrick and I have been talking about it all week. I mean, there's a teaser element to this line that's deceptive in terms of trying to predict line movement. I mean, people think the line's moving because people are betting the Giants or betting the Eagles, when in fact it's really a protection against against the teasers, which to me have become, I mean, you can't go on social media without every everybody's teasing every game. Nobody, It seems like nobody wants to pick the game. Everybody wants to tease it. That's right, and and like last week's a perfect example, the, these exotic bets, these parlays and the teasers. I mean, that's most of what every book writes. We knew this was going to be a, a, a heavily teased game. That's why you see the number. Like last week, you know, the, everybody on parlays had money line parlays with the Bengals, the Bills, and, and uh, uh, San Francisco. Everybody. And, you know, uh, so we lose all those tickets because all those teams went out right. Not all of them covered the number. That helped us. But we lost a lot of money just in those money line parlays, and we was able to contain it to where I think we only lose like 3% for the week. So, But that's what we're facing. This is a big teaser parlay market here. Just to note, BetMGM has ticked up to 8 with the Eagles laying it, so it looks like shops are moving up in that matchup. Let's peek ahead yeah, with Carl I, I Johnson. See eights, I see eights, Patrick, coming in really pretty regularly here in New Jersey and, and, and different shops all over. Even at Circa, I see an eight. Yep, absolutely. Let's peek ahead to tomorrow. Actually, I'm seeing some sixes with Buffalo. Most shops still five and a half. Cincy, where are you at, Carl? Yeah, opened here four and a half and 50 and a half. Uh, we are at five and a half and 49 now. Uh, they're betting us Burrow. They're they're going to bet the Bengals here. It's just uh, it's a regional thing with him. Uh, Sixty-five percent of the money, seventy-five percent ticket count is on the Bengals here at plus four and a half or plus five and a half now. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's funny. I I keep looking at this number and I'm saying everybody's going to tease now at six. Cincinnati's now it's a pick 'em if you tease it back down. There's some six out there. There's a lot of five and a halves. So to me, I think this this is moving because of that teaser element too. I know that Cincinnati's offensive line is struggling, but when you have a week to prepare 
to to work around what you have to deal with in the game. It isn't like you're going against the Buffalo Bills or the fearsome foursome on defense. I mean, that defensive front doesn't exactly scare you without Von Miller in there. Yeah, well, if you stop and think about last year, what Burrow did with that offensive line he had last year. I mean, he got all the way to the Super Bowl. They improved it in the offseason. Now he's got three of those guys out. But my point is, is that he gets the ball out quick. Yeah, he's, he's accustomed to playing with maybe not a so good offensive line. So uh, this is this game's going to be interesting, you know. I, uh, I think there's going to be an upset uh, or maybe two upsets in these four games that we're going to witness in the next two days. Uh, so I, I think they've got a good chance to knock the, this, this Bills team off if they, if they can move the football. Okay, Carl, final one, Dallas, San Francisco. Are you laying four right now with San Francisco at the bow? Yeah, open four and 46. We're at four and 46 and a half. Uh, they're betting us the Cowboys, Patrick. You know, uh, 60% of the money and tickets is on the Cowboys. Um, I was on the Cowboys big last week. Uh, my biggest bet of the year. I don't feel the same way about this game this week, but I'm leaning San Francisco here. I think they're the better team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think Dallas will give them a game, but I, I do still think that that offense for San Francisco is, you know, is hard. And the first drive of the game they played last year in Dallas, they went right down the field. Connor, Connor Williams at center now at guard. That could be a problem against this team. Okay. Most yeah, importantly, divisional round menu. What's on the menu today, <laughs> Carl Johnson? You know, it's it's like we talked, it's my mom's 85th birthday. So in observance of that, uh, it's uh, it's spaghetti and meatballs, baby, with a loaf of French bread. <laughs> oh, man. It can't beat spaghetti can't beat and meatballs. Mom's yeah. spaghetti. Carl Johnson, Beau Rivage, Chick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Thank you, Carl. Have a great day. Thanks, Carl. You too, guys. Good seeing you. Okay. Y'all have a good weekend. You too, buddy. That's Carl Johnson. Coming up next, Michael's division round power rankings. We'll get into the eight next here at Lombardi Line. that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.